I keep like mm-hmm. I just I don't know what shit. it is, but I just love this clip. Listen, you guys I keep getting in trouble for we're it. We're just nervous and we don't know how to begin. And this Send is Send in your fidget spinners to uh. <laughs> Or a stress ball. <laughs> just an ordinary girl trying to be do extraordinary, extraordinary things. Yeah, this is the thing. <laughs> we're real. We're just coming to you normal. Today we're gonna talk about the guest experience. And we did receive a couple questions on this and we decided to go with one in particular. Alyssa, do you have the question? Randy, I do have the question. Alyssa, will you read us the question? I will read the question. So this is how it starts out. Hey ladies, my name is Liz. I've been a stylist for 15 years and I need a little validation. I like to think of myself as a people person in general and that I don't need too much coaching when it comes to making my clients comfortable. But recently I received a bad review after a client who I've actually done a couple times um, visited. She did rebook and so when she left, I didn't even realize she was unhappy. She's... Sorry, my font is like falling out here. Um, She had said she liked her hair and even left a tip. I wasn't too worried when I was notified on her canceling her next upcoming appointment. Things happen and people cancel occasionally. Plus, she seemed to like her hair just fine. Well then, I received a bad review. In her words, I was a decent at hair, but just didn't provide the experience she was looking for. I was crushed and confused. I never had any complaints in the past, but I realized that I may have some reminding. Basically, I'm writing in to ask your opinions on what a good experience should look like so I can compare what I'm doing and maybe just refine myself a little. Sorry, it was a little choppy there, guys. The ink on my computer was running out. That is okay. Who sent us that question? Liz. Liz, did she say where she's from or no? It's just thanks, Liz. hair helpers. Okay. All right, Liz. Liz, thank you for that question. That's, there's a lot of components to that question. Do you agree? Definitely. Maybe we should break it down a little bit and just kind of answer organically and then yeah. see where it takes us. Okay. I mean, I think like first and foremost though, like Liz, don't beat yourself up because it happens to the best of us. And I mean, to be real, I've had it happen. And I think Randy and I were just talking, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks ago. And I had a client that's been coming to me for a couple of years. And all of a sudden she just canceled out of nowhere. Mm. And I was kind of like, okay, well maybe she'll reschedule. But she clearly left on a voicemail that she will not be rescheduling. So I'm a curious cat. So what do I do? I just reach out on Facebook like, hey, just wanted to let you know we got your appointment. I went ahead and canceled that for you. Um, just wanted to make sure everything was OK. No response. Crickets. So is it a little disheartening? Yeah, it kind of sucks. Like, what did I do wrong? And as hairstylists, I always think it's great to get feedback because that's how you grow from it. But I also think, too, I mean, it's going to happen and you can't validate your worth based on somebody, you know, dropping off, they could have their own things going on. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, that was really insightful. And as we see, it happens a lot then, right? So you immediately had a story that connected to, to that. I think I want to kind of go through line by line maybe, and just kind of just because it felt like that was a loaded question. It wasn't just like, give me the guest experience. It's a broad 
that's a broad thing to do. So like number one, you're, you've been a hairstylist for 15 years and you need a little validation and girl, let me just tell you, we all do. That's why Alyssa and I even just began this podcast because we need validation from each other all the time. That's the human condition. So I appreciate the letter in general. Um, and that line where you wrote, I like to think of myself as a people person in, in general <coughs> and that I don't need too much coaching when it comes to making my clients comfortable. That one, I get it because being in the business for so long, you do kind of, you develop your systems, you have your routines, you have your way you like to do things that you know it's gonna run smoothly throughout your appointment. But here's the thing with that, sometimes we can get just a little too comfortable with ourselves. Like a dangerous place to be because you wanna be comfortable but you don't wanna be complacent and you also don't wanna get too cocky with it. Yeah, so you know, later on we're gonna list a couple things that just might give you some helpful reminders on how to amp up that guest experience, things that maybe for sake of time you've sacrificed or, you know, whatever the case may be, there might be things that have just kind of out of complacency have fallen by the wayside. So we're going to touch on that a little bit later. So, but that again is something that's going to be super relatable and I've caught myself doing it a few times as well. Just I'm 11 years in and sometimes those things just happen. So we get it, we get it. Um, and the fact that your client did rebook when she left, I'm going to say number one, she most likely did that because she did not want to make you feel uncomfortable, which number one is a sign of, I think, respect. She respected you enough. Like it was, it's weird. Yes. She, she was trying to be polite is probably what was going on. It wasn't like, I'm going to screw her book over. And or it could have been complete opposite because of the oh. fact that she actually went on later and left a bad review. It could have been her saving her own face. So she doesn't have enough guts to tell you face to face like, hey, I don't really like what you did today, which again, all goes back to the consultation if you have open communication. Mm-hmm. So instead, she was backhanded, like kind of passive aggressive. And I'm only saying it because I feel like, to be honest, it's something maybe I would do. Yeah. I'm proud of it, but yeah. I'm not a huge confrontational person. I'm pretty easygoing. So for me, when I look at it that way, I feel like her rebooking was just because she didn't want to have that girl. Why aren't you rebooking? Yeah, I see what you're saying. She, she wanted to come out like the hero a little bit as she was leaving. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved it so much. And I don't want to be that annoying, complaining yeah. client. That because makes- if she cared about her feelings... Truly, she mm-hmm. wouldn't have went back and wrote, wrote a, a review. bad review about it. Yeah. However, she felt compelled enough to do so, which is why we're here talking about this in the first place. So, yeah. so we should definitely address that ex- the guest experience that you maybe did offer or didn't offer. Um, and the fact, oh, the bad review, have you ever gotten a bad review? Like, have you received a bad mm-hmm. review? like on Google or any of your, have you used a booking app in the past? Yeah. So I do use a booking app. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, not that I can recall if I did, obviously it didn't do too much to break me because I don't really remember it. The only thing I really remember was a lady that accused us of, um, allowing people to steal identities and the thing that was funny about it is she actually never even went to our salon. Oh, so it was totally not even legit. So really, no. What about you? 
I would say I, I have. Yeah. Like not on Google, like the age of tech. I, the salon I worked at before the one I own Mm -hmm. was definitely, I'd say just maybe a little bit behind in technology. We're a mom and pop kind of place. So I would say I've received bad review, like through via word of mouth Mm -hmm. where a guest would come in and be like, my friend came to you, but like did not like her hair or what, you know, X, Y, or Z, whatever the complaint was. I'm sure everybody has. I'm sure I Mm -hmm. have too, but I also just don't really care. <laughs> Man, you, she's cold. She lets it roll off her shoulder. I guess what I'm getting at here, Liz, is at some point, even the very best stylist in the entire world is going to receive some kind of criticism or feedback that's not going to make them feel the greatest. But guess what? We need it. It's our check. It's it's your thing to be like, you know what? I got to change. I got to stay current. I got to stay in motion. And you can't let those things get you down. You got to look at it in a positive light so that you can grow from that. So don't take it too harshly. Just take it as an opportunity for change and growth. Um, And then the other thing I think that stuck out to me was just, again, her verbiage in her in her review. So decent at hair, but just didn't provide the experience she was looking for. So that kind of goes along with the image you might be presenting to her, um, let's say on your social media or how possibly she found you, she found you through referral uh, or your booking system. If you're coming across one way and not delivering that experience, that may be cause for miscommunication. And that might be where that guest is coming from. Would you agree? How do you take that review? That's a vague review. Yeah. Decent at hair, but just didn't provide. I mean, I think it's kind of a loaded review right Mm -hmm. there. Um, I don't think that Liz, it's anything for you to take personal, like you said before about growth. Um, I would just take it as, you know, obviously there was something there that you guys didn't connect on. So figuring out where that was, either it's going to go back to the consultation or it's either going to go back to how before you said the whole comfortable thing, maybe you're too comfortable to the point where she feels like she's not valued. So I know that's Mm -hmm. not easy to hear either, but I do think sometimes, and I'm guilty of it as well, that when we do get complacent, we tend to not treat our guests, return guests the same as we would our new guests, because it's like dating. You want to like wine and dine them and you want to impress them in that first, you know, date or first couple of dates. And then afterwards you start to get a little bit comfortable with that person. You loosen up a little bit, you know, you don't do things that you wouldn't have done previously. So I think it's just important to be aware of that and to always be treating your guests with that same respect and value as the first initial interaction. Yeah. Something I noticed too. And part of the reason I think people personally like to visit my salon is the experience I provide is a little bit more of a friendly feeling experience. However, I do try to stay on top of asking guests, you know, like what they need, what I can get them, you know, just kind of throughout the appointment, I want to make, maintain their comfort. So although maybe that's your, maybe that's your bag Liz, maybe you're like, I'm Mm -hmm. a friend and I want you to feel like you're hanging out with a friend. Cause that's really similar to what I do yeah. in my chair. Um, you still have to maintain those, those let's call them like amenities or things that are going to keep you feeling like you're still experiencing like a comfort, right? Cause somebody's going to be paying for this experience. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not me and you just hanging out 
having a chat. It's somebody is exchanging money for a service. So we have to make sure that we are offering things inside of that service, which we are going to discuss those things. Yeah. Well, and too, I mean, Liz, I think you just have to evaluate as well. Is it a client that you're willing to lose? If it was one that initially you didn't really vibe with to begin with, Mm. is it something you know, are you just going to let it go? Because sometimes, you know, if you love something, let it go. If it comes back, it's yours. So maybe if you let her go and she'll find somebody she connects with and that opens your chair up to bring on a new client that you, you know, that is your dream clientele. And don't, reality. don't you think too, it's so easy for you to like turn around and get pretty defensive at a review like this. I think if I were Liz in this position, I would be thinking to myself, like none of my other clients you know, get upset about this and nobody's complained to me about this in the past. So, you know, screw her, but no, not really screw her. You know, it was a person who ended up having a feeling because of an interaction that you were part of. So we have to make sure that we are just checking ourselves and, and doing things to maybe elevate ourselves even after 15 years. Definitely. Especially after 15 years, you don't just get a free pass, you know, things, this industry continues to change and move and grow and we have to grow with it. Mm -hmm. So I, to me, I don't think you, I think actually I'll say this to me. I think that you're on the right path by acknowledging that you could maybe use a little help by asking for a little help. And now we're going to kind of go through and, and break down what Alyssa and I think the proper guest experience should look like. And hopefully you guys can find some validation along the way. Maybe pick up things that you already do and improve upon them and then find things that you don't necessarily do, but you think that could add value to your business by introducing those things to your appointments. So let's start with our little bullet point checklist. The guest begins the moment the guest finds you. I mean, I think that goes back to like the consultation and everything like that. So the guest experience obviously is gonna start the moment that they find you, whether it's on social media, website, Google, whatever it is. Um, That's when it all begins. I mean, people form opinions based on like 10 seconds, so. Yeah. And actually, again, I think we touched on this because that's what we originally said. Maybe this guest was expecting one thing from you Mm -hmm. and then you delivered something else. So be clear and indicative of the actions and the services that that person's going to receive while sitting in your salon. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it, it does begin the moment the guest finds you. Um, the next thing is professionalism and amenities. So this is a weird one with COVID with COVID. So normally, right? Like coffee, snacks, water, things we offer to our guests throughout the duration of their appointment for their comfort. You know, I know a lot of salons will offer alcohol, um, even nail, nail salons and spas, you know, they have bars and things set up. That's a tough one because I know in a lot of states right now, um, food and beverage Mm -hmm. is not allowed. So you have to find kind of creative ways to offer an amenity, right? So we kind of do it through joking at our salon. You know, one of the only things we can really offer people right now is hand sanitizer. (laughs) So, you know, normally, normally throughout throughout my, my system of, you know, the guest experience, I'm before I exit and, and walk back to mix up my color for my guest, I'm going to say, 
can I offer you a coffee, a water, a drink? Or my receptionist is going to do that. Yeah, and now I'm like, can yeah. I offer you a little hand sanitizer <laughs> You know, while I go mix your color? So, I mean, you can replace it with a little fun and, and kind of poke fun at it so that the guest understands, you know, this would be something you would receive, yeah. you know, if things were normal. I mean, I think it's definitely important during this time because I think it's difficult for everybody I know for us, and especially when we came back um, after COVID, we had moved salons. So, you know, it's something that's supposed to be like super exciting and that we were really, you know, happy to like get into our new space and everything. And it was kind of like a somber moment is the only way I could describe it, just because everything had changed so much. So I think too, even just like, I don't want to say like empathy, compassion, maybe it's compassion, like just showing compassion for like what we're going through right now and how things are a little bit different because everyone right now is dealing with it differently and that's okay. Some people are more, you know. Are you saying so instead of just maybe dismissing the fact that you'd offer those things, maybe acknowledging those, like, Hey, I would normally offer you. A yeah. Coffee, so I yeah. think like you normally, yeah, you could say mm-hmm. something like that, but I think just in your conversation and your dialogue too, acknowledging that times are weird. Yeah. yeah. I also think using professional terms or uh, phrases is something that I really, I'm a stickler for that. Mm-hmm. Um, like used what to, phrases. Okay. So like, for instance, we used to have interns at my old salon and, something that would drive me crazy was they would maybe offer my guest something. They'd be like, do you want a water? (laughs) Do you, do you want something? And it would drive me crazy. I would always pull the intern aside and be like, say, can I offer you this? You know, like kind of make it a a more professional thought about questions so that the person feels like they're in a little bit more of a high end situation, even if they're, even if you are the neighborhood salon, you know, be professional, use the right verbiage. I mean, doesn't it sound nicer if somebody, Oh yeah. Can I offer you, can I offer you a, a beverage, you know, versus do you want water? And it all goes back to, to like the type of salon that you are too, because even I've heard before, instead of like something like that, but would you rather water or coffee? Yeah. Because a lot of times just human nature, it's innate for us to just say no. Do you want something mm-hmm. to drink? No. Do you want something to eat? No. But maybe yeah. you do, but it's just no. Is It's just more natural for some sad reason. So a lot of times when you say, would you rather a water, mm-hmm. coffee, or whatever it is, then it gives them an option. Like they can't say no. They have to pick. And I've tried it actually at our salon. And I do find though, like when we were doing it, that a lot of people would take a water. Yeah. Whereas yeah. before they would just be like, no, no, or even a magazine or something, something Which we can't even offer. Now. We can't offer a magazine, you know, or sometimes I just offer a prompt because the situation can be a little vulnerable for a, a guest. If you are walking away from them mm-hmm. and they're just left to stare into the, the mirror at their soul, you know, sometimes I, I tell that guest, you know, feel free to scroll on your phone while I'm gone. You know, sometimes people actually don't even know the things that they're allowed to do yeah. in, in the salon. So even just offering them a sort of safe space prompt can, can help. Mm-hmm. So the next thing that is on our list of little topics to discuss about the guest experience is opportunity. I love it. We like that word. I love opportunity. I definitely am one that I feel like there's opportunity in everything. So it's just about a mindset, shifting your mindset and everything. So I think one of the biggest things with opportunity, um, 
especially during the guest experience is creating their story. Because I feel like when you're creating their story, like their hair story and their journey, then it's more likely for them to stay loyal to you because you've already kind of set up what the next appointment looks like and the appointment after that and the appointment after that. So they're going to be less likely to leave because you know their hair story, you know what the plan is. So right there, it might just be the first appointment or several or whatever, but you're taking that opportunity to create the the next coming appointments and what those are going to look like for that guest. Yeah. And to kind of bring that back around to Liz's letter, you know, maybe this guest in particular was asking for that from you without actually asking that from you. Right. So maybe she came to you, you said she had visited you a couple times. This wasn't her first visit with you. So maybe that guest was looking for looking to you to create that plan for her hair and it just wasn't occurring. You know, maybe you weren't showing that you were giving extra thought or um, creating her hair story for her and maybe she was looking for that from you. So that's also food for thought, you know, to, to throw back into that guest experience. You know, that could have been something that that guest was maybe missing from you, yeah. right? Um, the next thing is application. And this goes back to professionalism, beauty school 101, you gotta be clean. We have to think detail with this, right? Mm -hmm. I know you tell me all the time. Slow your roll, don't get in a hurry. Yes, you you stress the color block thing. That is something like I've heard you say many, many times Mm -hmm. that is a pet peeve of yours when a stylist leaves a, a guest messy. I try because, you know, some people they'll get like clients will get darker hair color and they leave and they have that whole ring around their head. And I feel like what if they're going somewhere afterwards? Like Mm -hmm. who really wants to be sporting that look one and two, there's all of these preventative manners that we can take. So that doesn't have to happen. Yeah. And even like, I know even from just came out with the dye defender, which I, I am going to plug in because I do really like it a lot. Mm -hmm. It goes into the little details, right? If you're coloring, use a, use a color cape, Mm -hmm. don't use a cutting cape, right? Yeah. If they have long hair, put a Mm -hmm. plastic cape around them. Uh, we have robes at our salon. So if I notice a guest is coming in from work and I know I might be a little bit messy with this appointment that I can offer her a robe to change into Mm -hmm. and then I'll cape her up, you know? So if, if I think I might foresee a mess happening and that person is going to definitely be mad at me if I ruin their outfit, (laughs) then I'm going to offer her something like that. So it goes back into devils in the details. Got to think of everything or try, try to be preventative with, with those kinds of things. So again, Liz, maybe it was something along those lines. Maybe she was looking for you to take care of her, right? Mm -hmm. To cradle her. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. So that could be something that you might want to rethink about. And just as you go through you know, putting on that color, do you offer glasses wraps for people who have glasses who want to read while their color is processing, protect the glasses, you know, things like that. A purse hook, a purse hook goes such a long way. I actually do not have one. Yeah. We have a ledge for purses. I know. I, that's one of my biggest complaints I think is where should I put my purse? (laughs) Sorry. On the ground right now. I always say this is our COVID look. look. I was remodeling during, you know, a global pandemic. I mean, I'm doing the best I can. Aren't we all? Uh, the next thing we should talk about is building that rapport with your guest. So maybe your guest Liz was looking for for more of an experience than even maybe you said the hair was great. She tipped, she liked the hair, right? Maybe she was just looking for the connection. 
right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it was something deeper she was trying to experience with you. And it wasn't necessarily about the physicality of the hair itself. So when you are doing that, you got to be your true self. You got to have those active listening skills where you are repeating back what you're hearing. So it's engaged and the guest knows that you're actually hearing what they're saying, not just letting it run. You know, you know, the typical hairstylist, you're doing someone's hair. Mm hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. You know, we used to, I do that when I yeah. blow dry because I'm like, I can't hear what you're saying yeah. anyway. Right. Right. But no, I definitely agree with the whole building rapport, but I think the bottom line too, to just remember is that as much as like we can do things too, you have to remember that you don't always know what somebody else is feeling or thinking. So we can dive into all of this stuff and like help you to connect, but you also have to keep an open mind with, you don't know what that person's going through. So it could go back to the classic line. It's not me. It's not you. It's me. It's not me. It's you. It's not me. It's you. It's definitely you. But no, it's not you. It's me. And so you just have to keep an open mind that you don't know, maybe she moved or maybe she's going through personal stuff. But I definitely think with building a rapport and everything, it'll help you to be like more authentic and engage more in the act of listening mm-hmm. and to be able to like identify things as well. Yeah. Uh, your, your saying is that everybody's oh. a layer that we're oh all onions. Gosh, yes. I love the onion analogy yeah. because we're, we're like an onion. So everybody <laughs> has a layer and it's so true to think about a blooming onion. So oh, we all have it. these different layers to it. And a lot of people connect by self-disclosing. So you peel back those different layers, but the point of it, when you think about an onion and the different layers, so it's just finding what you connect with a person on. It can be a hobby. It can be kids. It can be an animal. It could be a job. It could be where you grow up. So it's just finding what that is that you connect with so that you can build off of it. Something that I used to do when I was a younger stylist before I got really good at listening and everybody knows I have a terrible memory. So sometimes I'll still do this. Even my receptionist does this. As a matter of fact, we write personal facts down about our guests. So if that guest feels uh, inclined to mention things even several times, Mm -hmm. you know that there's importance and value to whatever they're mentioning. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if we sense it, we will write down and make notes on their client profile or even next to their appointment. Cause we use a really old booking system where we have paper and pen. So I caught my receptionist doing this and I thought it was hilarious, but he was writing down things that he was overhearing the guests say like, um, my, Oh, that'll be near my birthday. The next appointment he puts birthday haircut next oh, yeah, to it, you know, great. things like that, that you can bring up in conversation yeah. that really build that rapport and really make the guests feel like, wow. This they remembered me. I wasn't special. Yeah, I wasn't just money coming through their chair. Like they paid attention to me, and I know that would actually make me feel very uh, emotionally connected to somebody. Um, You know, something that we hear often in hair classes: use the guest name. But I will say a pet peeve. Pet peeve of mine is when when somebody uses my name too much, like I want to punch them. I'm like, I can, I can smell your inauthenticity. You know, we had a kid, I won't say his name that I went to high school with, who is currently a politician as a matter of fact. And I knew he was going to grow up to be a politician because that was his bag, man. He would just, he would come up to you and be, hi, Randy, how are you doing today, Randy? What's going on today, Randy? And I know he was doing it. It was some type of device for him to try to connect and try to make a friend and try and Bless in his soul. It. It's working for him because he got he got to the Washington D.C. But 
he it's just that's rough for me personally I don't connect that way so just watch yourself and make sure you're being authentic when you are using that guest name right I totally if that's a device you're going to use for yourself but that's why too it's important like you said I mean it does go back to authenticity because there are some people that maybe they are a big name user yeah and you're going to find somebody else that loves to hear their name right so like if you love to use names and it works for you you glow girl yeah but if not then it's gotta go girl (laughs) basically yeah (laughs) she's right she's right you know shame on me for like you know dog in the names so true but that's the thing and that's why like this show is so great yeah that's true because everybody has a different opinion and it doesn't make one better than the other it's just mm-hmm. finding what works for you yeah right randy right <laughs> go to dc <laughs> uh, all right next funny. on our little list is educate the guest so Yes. Possibly your guest Liz was looking for a little bit more of an educational appointment. Maybe you don't know what her experiences in the past were like. You don't know if she she had too many informal stylists and she was looking for somebody more uh, informational. You know, you don't you don't as Alyssa said, you don't know what her experiences leading up to you were. So it it could have not necessarily been you. But these are just things to wrap your head around to try to offer a little bit of all of this so that everything kind of gets touched on, you know. But education is important, you know, product knowledge. Um, You you have a great take home like system, I think. I think you guys work well with that. Do you want to talk about that? You know, we try. I definitely think that it all goes back to you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And I think you just always have to be educating your guests on what you're using and why you're using it. So I feel with the education, I mean, it it does include selling. I mean, as much as we don't want to hear it, our job as stylists, it is to sell. We do have to sell retail. And part of the reason, too, with take home is they've spent so much money you want them to invest, I mean, they're investing in it. So if somebody goes and they spend $250 to become a redhead and then they're gonna go home and use Suave, to them, maybe they don't know the difference between professional color care shampoo and Suave. So it's our job to at least talk about it and let them know and is it gonna happen all the time? No, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to allow yourself grace, but I think when you have those systems in place and they become habits, you build it in to your guest experience. So as you're applying the color, you're letting them know about what they'll need to take home or as you're styling their hair, you're talking to them about what you're putting in their hair and why. Yeah, maybe something you can think about is a couple key phrases you could add in to uh, each step of the appointment. Mm -hmm. You know, there's gotta, there's a balance you have to strike with, discussing personal things with the guests so that they feel connected and also doing your job and selling the, the guest the retail to take home and, and selling them on the service that you're doing, you know, informing them on why you're taking those steps. So finding that balance is really important so that they don't feel like they're at a used car dealership. Yeah. <laughs> Which, definitely. you know, we don't want, we don't want that experience and that they don't feel brushed over. Selling is It is uncomfortable. So that's like the whole thing about it is if you're educating them, you're not really, you don't have to sell. You don't have to be that pushy salesman. Yeah. Just talk about it freely and why you like certain things about whatever you're discussing. So 
that kind of brings us to offering them something physical as well. So while you're trying to strike that balance and while you're trying to, you know, maybe communicate why certain take home is important to their particular head. Something that I find that works for me is offering a physical element. So a lot of times I will either, if they're waiting, this is pre-COVID, if they've been waiting in my uh, waiting room, my receptionist knows to hand them a price brochure Mm -hmm. or an extension brochure, you know, something that they have that they can touch and they can read and they can hold. Sometimes with a guest, I can tell they're a physical person. People will tend to reach for retail uh, subconsciously. If I'm using something on them, they want to turn around. So that is a huge indicator to me that they want to see and hold the product that I'm using. And that's something they're going to be able to connect with and feel. And that's probably going to help my sale. Right. So, well, that's why too, it's a great idea going back to like the, um, take home is when you're educating them on what you're using, put it in their hand, hand it to them so they can see it. Or even, um, do you want to feel this on the back of your hand? You know, like a cosmetics counter, you know, like feel how light this is and rub it into the back of their hand. You know, it works. Uh, as well as adding value with free information. That's the number one for me. I can't tell you how many times I've had a new client sit in my chair and, maybe just to get the ball rolling and open up the conversation of retail. You know, a lot of times shampoo and conditioners, it's pretty easy to discuss with people. Everybody needs it. Everybody Mm -hmm. uses it. Those are musts, right? The other things can be maybe counted as add-ons. Yeah. But everybody uses shampoo and conditioner. Unless unless you're a dude and you're using bar soap on your head, which please God don't. But the one thing that I notice whenever I discuss my shampoo and conditioning routine and I teach the guest how to properly shampoo their hair, I will always get feedback. Like I, in all my years, nobody's ever told me how to properly shampoo my hair. Mm -hmm. So I just walk through, you know, shampoo, rinse. If you don't get the lather, shampoo again. I love two shampoos in the same wash. Mm -hmm. Then towel dry that hair, throw the conditioner on. So it gets all the way in, penetrates the cuticle, isn't diluted. You know, I give the reasons. I hit the bullet points with that. It's just like adding those tips and tricks. So people are like, wow, she just gave me something so useful for free. I'm probably going to get more of that. It becomes like intoxicating and people want more. So adding that, that personal touch to those appointments is another good way to create the guest experience. So back to Liz, maybe this guest, as we had said, was looking for more information on how to continue that service in the real world. Some food for thought. Um, When we discuss personalizing their experience, what does that entail for you? Personalizing their experience. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think it just all goes back to your personality to be honest. I mean, with personalizing, I mean, if you're, you know, if you like to use humor or if you're a blunt person, it's just those different quirks about your personality that you add. Yeah. So while we're, while we're talking about all these things, like with sales and stuff like that, it's important to remember not to get robotic, I think. So creating those 
creating those moments where you can slip a joke in or let somebody see your personality Mm -hmm. so that it feels authentic and real. Yeah, because everybody says things differently and stuff like that. Right. Um, And, you know, also using physical touch. So sometimes guests will come to you just because, think about this too, right? They want their hair washed. I mean, they want to be physically touched. Mm -hmm. You could have somebody who lost a spouse recently in your chair. You could have somebody who is like perpetually single. You could have somebody who is just like their love language is physical touch. You could have somebody who just, they need, you know, they say like human babies, like can't survive without physical touch. We all need it. We do all need it. Mm -hmm. So they might be coming to you solely for that physical experience. And that's something you have to be conscious of. So adding touches like a scalp massage or, you know, I think you tell me. Touching their shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Like (laughs) in a non creepy way. Not in a really weird way, unless they like it and you like it. And that's okay. Consent is right and good. But weird. (laughs) weird. (laughs) You're into shoulder touching. Oh my goodness. shaking his head at us. But you know, that is something I actually do. I rest my hand on their shoulder. Like when I'm standing in the mirror, looking at them, I'm touching them, creating an energy connection. You are, you're the vibe queen. Yeah. I'm all about it's all vibe. about vibes. It is all about vibes. I sure. I think people can feel your energy. Sometimes if you're excited, they're going to feel the excitement. If you're touching them out. Of- oh yeah, definitely. I mean, think about the expression. You can cut the tension with a knife. Yeah. What about that's it? That's energy. Because it's energy. So if people say they could cut it with a knife. It's energy. You can feel energy. You've got to explain that more. <laughs> no. No, it makes sense. So if you can, if there's tension in a room and people are like, they can feel it, they can cut it. So like, on the contrary, if you're with somebody and you're creating like how you said you like to touch their shoulders with <laughs> consent, it's consent, like... They can feel that good vibration yeah. and that good energy. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm not trying to. Some s- people just don't even want to be touched, but that goes back to yeah. reading the room because there's some people that are like, I just met you. I don't even know you. I just want you to do my hair and I want to leave. And that could be cool if that's your thing. But yeah, you know, I'm not telling you to like rub all over your guests. Let me make that really clear. <laughs> Really, really clear. All I'm saying is find ways Don't to Don't touch below the shoulder, please. The shoulder in olden times was considered risque if you were exposing the shoulder. So all I'm saying is it gets, it gets saucy at my salon. But I mean, try a scalp massage. You know, you can tell when a guest is exhausted. One of my guests, he, I, I don't think he could care less if I discussed anything with him. I don't think he could, he would care as long as I scalp gave him his mm-hmm. scalp massage. That's all he comes to me for, truly. I could probably cut X's and yeah, the but at least you know that. You're yeah. aware of it. Yeah, I've become aware of it. So just use physical touch and also think think we're in COVID times again, not to keep touching on it, but you know, a quick elbow bump or, you know, oh I, I wish I could give you, you a hug. Can do air hugs. Yeah. Air hugs. Push the energy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean them. the bottom line of it is with the whole guest experience in that middle, you just want to make sure that you're excited about what you're doing. At the end of the day, we're passionate about what we're doing. So you want to show that if you're excited about the color, tell them I'm excited. If you're excited about the cut, I think this is going to look great on you. I can't wait to see it. Like use positive statements, ask them, do you like it? Do you not like it? Get their feedback. Yeah. Throughout the appointment, I think it's a good idea to, you know, if you're saying something in terms of consulting, maybe don't say, 
phrases like your skin tone would look bad with that. Maybe just say to compliment your skin tone. You know, that's a positive versus a negative statement right there. Mm -hmm. You know, swing it in the up direction. Don't ever um, backhand compliment them. Yeah, because everything's how people perceive to have heard it. So it doesn't matter if you're saying it and you're coming from a good place. If they perceive it as something negative or coming from another place, that's how they're going to take it. And it's just going to totally derail that whole experience. Yep. And then just, just remember that you can give compliments, you know, sharing nice, nice thoughts to other people about other people doesn't take away from you. So be be kind, be kind and be authentic. So I think those are a lot of ways that you can think about improving your guest experience or even beginning your guest experience if you don't necessarily have your systems in place yet. And uh, as usual, we like to leave you with a quick little quote. Yeah, so um, the quote of today's episode is, little things make big things happen. So what that means is nothing is too small. Or all the small things make a big thing. Yeah, small <laughs> things add up. Just like, wait, it's one pound here, two pounds here. The next thing you know, what? it's 10 pounds. <laughs> and I need new jeans. <laughs> so right. yeah, little things. You know what? Things. Liz, we really hope we helped you. And we hope we helped everybody listening today. So everybody remember to like us on Instagram at hair. Can we help you? And please, please, please send us your questions at hair. Can we help you at gmail.com? We want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And we're all about community over competition. So we want to be able to just reach everybody and hear what everybody has to say. Again, we're not saying we know everything because <laughs> we don't, but we want to be able to help you. So let's all get connected and like us send us your send us your questions hair can we help you at gmail.com everyone have a beautiful day over and out <laughs>